0: Hey 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 diet riders. Welcome back to the Diet Ride podcast. I'm Alyssa Miller. I'm Brooke Miller, and we're both dietitians, both from the Midwest, both live in Denver, both moms, <laughs> both that's about it. <laughs> yeah. no, there's she chokes. more things. I choke every time. Once you get into three, I'm like, wait, what am I going to say next? But it stresses me out. Um, welcome to our awesome new episode that we're going to have a guest on. Um, so we're going to throw it over to Madison here in a second. But today, we're going to be talking about the fourth principle of intuitive eating, and that is... Challenging the food police. Whoop, whoop. So when we started this podcast a year ago, we talked about how we wanted every episode we were going to talk about each principle, and then we did one, and then stopped. No,
1: we did. I think we did three. We did the hunger scale and mindful eating. I think. Well, like honoring your hunger. Oh no, we did exercise. All
0: right, we got. We're getting there we, yeah. slowly. Yeah. <laughs> after slowly. after about five years, we'll get to every yeah, single principle. <laughs> There's so much to talk about, so. Um, but today we've got this great guest on, and we hope you like her as much as we do. So, Madison, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, introduce yourself, and tell us a little bit about um, how you got into intuitive eating and what you do now, and kind of what that looks like for you.
2: Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I've never done a podcast with two hosts before, so I feel like this is going to be just like super fun. But I am a certified integrative nutrition health coach, and I work with women to help them break free from the control that food has over them and just live their life with freedom and confidence so they can you know be fully present in their relationships and step into the very best version of themselves and have the mental space and the energy to focus on the things that they actually care about and so how i got into this i'll try to make it the short version of my story <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sure you guys get that every time you record. But a few years ago food and my body was all I could think about and it was just getting in the way of living my freaking life. It was exhausting and overwhelming and I was just like, This this is it. Like there has got to be a better way. Like I was just so desperate to not be thinking about food all the time and I would like look around me at people who ate normally and be like, Oh, like why can't I just be like them? Like it looks so easy for them. Like why is it so freaking hard for me? And, um, it just felt like everything in my life was out of control. And I like tried all the things, doctors, naturopaths, supplements, elimination diets, like everything. And like nothing made me feel better. I'm like, okay, clearly I'm not looking in the right places for the answers. So like, what do I need to do? So I went on a mission that was a bumpy road, um, but well worth it to figure out like how the heck I could just be able to eat in a balanced way without having the guilt and the anxiety and all the obsession and stress and um, found the book intuitive eating and I started questioning like everything I thought to be true about food and my body and my my health now that I realize now I realize it's just all those beliefs we've been conditioned into believing but anyway so I started questioning all of that and that's when everything started changing Um, and I just you know research and read books i read all the books about intuitive eating and really the biggest thing was for me was experimenting in my own like journey with my um relationships to food and my body just experimenting what works what doesn't what feels good what's empowering what's not and just like letting my body and my own mind like be my own guide and so through all that experimenting i ended up figuring it out long story short and now i don't have any issues with food in my body and I have my dream business now and I have like this space to do that whereas before I literally never would have been able to do that because I was so consumed with revolving my whole life around food so that's been really um, amazing and I like very quickly realized that so many women need this like literally everyone I talk to they're like what do you do and I tell them they're like oh wait can you help me with this because Mm -hmm. we all struggle with it and so I realized like oh my gosh like people need my help and so that's really when I made it my mission to help people overcome this much quicker and faster and easier than I did and put it all together into a my signature program the subtle art of food freedom and that's now what I um, teach women because I feel like it's so sad that to think that so many women are living that way still and like thinking that that's how the rest of their life has to be. And so I don't want anyone to feel that way. And there is a better way. It can be easier. It can be, you can have a chill relationship with food. It can be fun. It can be light. It can be effortless. It just requires um, putting the work in. And also I think the biggest thing for me was like reprogramming and rewiring all of those like crazy beliefs that we've been conditioned into believing. Because what I believe is that there's no such thing as right or wrong there's only empowering or disempowering and we get to choose
0: what's Mm. empowering
2: and like adopting Mm. that mindset changed everything for me because now I'm like well I don't even care what's quote true or false all I care is is it empowering or is it not and I get to choose what I'm going to believe so
1: anyway I love that that's my story yeah what was what was it like for you to start trusting your body to start eating whatever you thought, um, like whatever you were in the mood for and like start your intuitive eating journey. What was it like to finally trust your body and eat and trust that like you weren't going to gain 20 pounds overnight? What was that journey like for you?
2: Yeah. So at first, like terribly scary and my brain immediately wanted me to go back to my old habits because our brains love to continue repeating the same thoughts beliefs and behaviors and lead us to the same outcomes and results. So obviously, we, if we want anything to change, then we have to like change our thoughts and our um, beliefs. So at first, my brain was trying to take me back to all of those old um, patterns and habits. And so it felt really scary because our brains just want us to continue doing what we've been doing. Like they want everything to run on autopilot. Our brains think that's what they're supposed to be doing. Um, and so it really takes in the beginning a conscious effort to choose something different to choose what's more empowering so at first Mm -hmm. it was really tough but i was just at the point where i couldn't live like i was any longer and i was like i am willing to do whatever i have to do and if these intuitive eating people are telling me i need to trust my body and like reintroduce the foods i had cut out then like i'm gonna try it because at this point i have nothing to lose like it can only get better so
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, So when we're talking about specifically with the food police, I wanted to say, so I found Madison, we found each other on Instagram, and then I became a reader of her blog. (laughs) And she has an (laughs) awesome blog on there about um, challenging the food police and, Mm -hmm. and figuring out how to identify those voices. And what I love about your blog post specifically, is the way that I've always thought about the food police is myself like mm-hmm. in my own head the way that i talk about food the way that i talk to myself about my body and you really brought a cool perspective about talking about other people in our lives mm-hmm. and how they mm-hmm. affect how we're feeling around eating food because the truth of the matter is it's both right it's mm-hmm. how we think of food how we think of our bodies but then also if we're sitting there and we're enjoying a donut and we have no food thoughts and all that's gone and we've overcome part of that and really made a lot of strides towards intuitive eating. But then Brooke sits down next to me and goes, hmm.
1: <laughs> why are you eating that donut? You, <laughs> That's didn't, even, junk. <laughs> you didn't even work out today. <laughs> oh, Which actually sense. somebody has said that to me before. <gasps> So rude. Mm-hmm.
0: But I loved like the year perspective. It was a dietitian too. No way. Yeah. <laughs> that's so sad. And that's, okay, one of the reasons yeah. why we did this podcast was <laughs> honestly because so many dietitians out there can be super judgy. <laughs> so it makes sense. But if I sit down and if I'm going through my own journey of intuitive eating and I've come to this point where I can take away the morality of food and just eat it and enjoy it, whatever I'm wanting and whatever I'm needing and whatever my body's asking for. But someone else has a voice or an influence in my life and says, why are you eating that junk? You haven't even been to the gym today, or I would never put that in my body. It can put us right back in that Mm -hmm. spiral Mm -hmm. of those. Like you said, it's that force of habit that our brains want to do the same thing over and over again. So I loved your blog post. Can you talk a little bit more about what you talk about on that blog post and then anything else? you know, that you have kind of rumbling around in your brain up there about the food police. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of things rumbling. Yeah, <laughs> yes, right. So, yep. so let's get rumbling then. So anyways, um, I think the first thing to realize is that whenever anyone else is commenting on your food or your body, it's always just a projection and a reflection of how they feel about themselves. So they're Yes,
0: that.
1: absolutely.
2: Also, <laughs> also whenever... So if it did bother you, if it triggered you, if it made you feel bad, if it brought you back into those old habits, the only reason it did that is because there's something you're believing about yourself, about what they said that might be true. And so in this way, it's actually a really good thing every time that we get triggered because it's preparing us for what we need to work through next. And it's actually happening for us, even though it feels like it's not. And so when we're afraid of what other people are thinking or saying, we're actually because we're afraid it might be true. And so the question ask yourself is, what am I making this mean about me? And what about what they said is upsetting me? Because it's not about what they said, it's about what you believe about yourself. And so it's actually a good thing when someone triggers you because it gives you that opportunity to become aware of it and to heal it. And it's just showing you what's already like going on in your own brain and, um, you know if you I just totally lost my train of thought oh yeah it's showing you what's already going on in your own so you can become aware of it and realize like oh well thank you for showing me this bullshit belief I have about myself (laughs) (laughs) curse on here! you all the
1: time (laughs) we've done it.
2: (laughs) yeah it's like thank you for showing me this bullshit belief like what am I believing about myself that isn't True and what do I want to believe instead? Like it is actually such a good thing, right? Because without Mm -hmm. that comment that triggered you, you wouldn't have had that self awareness and now you know exactly what you need to work through and heal next. So I think that's the most important thing is this is not about them and fixing them and changing them and getting everyone to get on board with intuitive eating because you know we can't control everyone. We can't make them believe what we believe. We can't make Against them do what we want Against all of do. my
0: efforts, I can't mm-hmm. control yes. everyone around me.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And the funny thing is, is like, usually when we want to control the other people, it's because there's a desire to control ourselves. So instead mm-hmm. of, you know, being like, how can I control them? We need to ask ourselves, like, well, where in my life am I feeling out of control? And what am I doing to contribute to that feeling? And instead of being like, oh, she should just stopped commenting on my food choices and my body. Instead, what if we ask ourselves, like, in what way am I judged choices? How can I be kinder to myself? And when we go on this intuitive eating journey, we expect other people and the world to change too. But unfortunately it's not our job to change them. Like I feel like that for me was like really difficult in the beginning of my journey because I was like, this is amazing. Like I need everyone, I need everyone in the world to know about intuitive eating and practice it because like this changed my life and I need them to do it too. And then I realized, well, actually I can't control them. And so instead of focusing on what everyone else is doing and saying, we need to shift and focus on ourselves and, you know, ask like, how is what they're saying, a mirror reflecting back to me what I need to be working on. And this journey is for you, like we don't need to be worried about what everyone else is doing and just let your own progress and your energy and change speak for yourself. So yeah, there's
1: and, that. <laughs> yeah, what I was just going to ask. So, do you feel like your happiness drastically changed from this journey? And then, did other people around you notice? So, like, were people all of a sudden looking at you and asking, like, oh my gosh, you seem so different? What's going on? Like, what's your secret? And how cool was it to share your journey with other people? Because I think that we are, can be the best examples of intuitive eating by showing everybody that like we don't have the stress and anxiety around food anymore and we're happy in our bodies and we like to eat things that give us energy. Um, what was it like? Do you think that people noticed that change in you even if physically you looked the same and how was it just kind of explaining your journey to everybody else just by more by example?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That, it was really, really powerful and I would say People that I'm not very close with maybe didn't notice, right? And it's not their job to notice. Yeah. Um. But especially my family really noticed, and my mom because they know like I used to be like so consumed with anxiety constantly and be basically a freak around food. Like it was just I was always a nightmare to eat with me. It literally was a nightmare to eat with me. And so I think for them it had the biggest impact. And my mom still tells me all the time like I just cannot believe like how much you've grown and like how like mentally healthy you are now like it's so amazing and it's so cool to be an example for even my family and in terms of like sharing my journey with other people I've noticed that if they ask if they're curious I'm happy to share I'm happy to introduce them to the idea of intuitive eating if they don't ask I'm not gonna run around like being like everyone needs to do this only because personally that's I protect myself in that way because otherwise I'm just going to get, I just get disappointed when I can't control everyone else. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And how many times I feel like people on this journey have told somebody and been like, Oh, I'm doing intuitive eating. I'm listening to my body. I'm doing this. And we get met with, harsh comments like, well, you're just lazy Mm -hmm. or you don't care about health or you don't care about that person enough or how can, especially I feel like as dietitians, we get attacked a lot, especially online, of course, Mm -hmm. of if you're, how can you call yourself a dietitian and you're not putting people on diets? How can you call yourself a dietitian and you don't care about BMI? How can you call yourself a dietitian and you're not telling people to watch what they eat or eat this, not that? I mean, all the time I get that and I hear that resonating on mostly the internet, but also in my real life. I have friends and family who don't understand what I do. I mean, literally, yeah. they'll just be like, wait, you're a dietitian, So you like put people on keto. No, <laughs> So you're like throwing oh. your whole
1: education out the window. Yes. And I think
0: that's the hard part
1: is because like after your intuitive eating journey, you do like we can dive into gentle nutrition. Like we can talk about um, that options that may be better for some people versus others. But like I can't tell you what to eat. I can tell you what to try mm-hmm. like try all of these things see what works for you but like mm-hmm. really you're the only one that can you're the only one that knows what foods make you feel good and what foods maybe don't make you feel so good what foods affect right. your digestive system and your energy and your skin like i can't tell you what's gonna fix your skin yeah because you're it, the only one yeah.
0: living in that body so, so i have no idea how any of that's going on mm-hmm. um 100 percent right I wanted to back up a little bit, and maybe for some of our newer listeners or people who haven't read the book, and talk about what is the food police? Because I, the first time I heard the term food police, I was walking in on my during my internship into a hospital room, and a guy goes, "Uh oh, it's the food police!" <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and I literally was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> and I didn't know how often I would be called the food police at um, at my internship in the hospital. Every time I walked wow. into someone's room, they would hide snacks because I walked into the room. They would lie to me about what they were eating. They would tell me that I was the food police and I'm here to take away all their chocolate and all their fun. And all yeah, their- they just thought we were there to judge. Like exactly. we were getting paid wow. to judge. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, so the idea of food police to me was like, dietitians, <laughs> dietitians yeah. are the food police or nutritionists. And then um, once I read intuitive eating and I was like, oh, I, I'm my own food police. And then other people can become food policing around what I'm eating and what around they're eating. And I loved what you said about it's not about you, it's about them. And they're dealing with that issue. So the example I gave about the donut and a dietitian saying, you haven't even gone to the gym yet that's them. They haven't uncoupled exercise and food yet. Mm -hmm. So they're connecting. I have to earn it to burn it. I have to, or whatever that saying is, I have to earn that donut by (laughs) going to the gym first or by going to the gym afterwards and working it off. Whereas in intuitive eating, those things are uncoupled. We exercise for very different reasons than to eat, right? So I guess I wanted to back up and ask you what your, what do you think of when you think of food police? What does that mean to you? yeah
2: i think the simplest definition for me is anyone or yourself that tells you what you should or shouldn't be eating because Mm -hmm. i think that the word should is very very interesting when it comes to your relationship with food in your body and like that one word can literally cause you so much distress and like struggle in your life and like every time you're telling yourself you should do something like it just feels like negative and forced and so that's like one word especially that I work with my clients on like removing that from our vocabularies like removing the good versus bad mentality and just like having a neutral approach and coming at it with this like scientific experimental mindset like what works what doesn't like it's all just feedback and data it's not good it's not bad like everything that you're feeling in your body and your mind everything it's just feedback and If you see it in that way then you can listen to that and learn from it and let it go but if you are seeing it as like good versus bad then you're gonna be like oh i should have done this i should do this and then like obviously that creates that like crazy mental chatter which is exactly what we're trying to get rid of so long story short i feel like it's yeah just anyone or even yourself like telling you what you should or shouldn't be eating
0: yeah, I, I mean, think those words like you said are so can be so powerful because it it brings along with it guilt and shame, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if I should be doing this and I shouldn't be doing that, then what I'm telling myself is that I should feel guilty because I'm I'm choosing this thing over another thing or I'm prioritizing my taste buds over my health or something along yeah. those lines is what they're telling us. But in reality, you're right. The words should or shouldn't can't deserve i feel a lot of people mm-hmm. i don't deserve that or i'm or not, i do deserve it because i went it. to the gym mm-hmm. or i had a bad day mm-hmm. so i deserve it and they couple emotional eating yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i think those words all get put on this like um i don't know just put into our vocabulary around food and like you said everything else in our life too and it, it just drips with guilt and shame and and feeling like you're doing the wrong thing, and you're hurting. You know, people put it on you that you're killing yourself slowly because you chose to eat, you know, a donut or whatnot. And that the stress that comes along with what we should quote unquote be eating is worse than worse for our bodies and for our stress levels than what we're actually eating. <laughs> like, I think 100%. that's one hundred percent. Yeah, it's one of the interesting dynamics of like no, this is putting yourself under pressure and putting yourself under the microscope of what you're eating creates so much stress and anxiety where you're actually, you are actually physiologically hurting your body compared to just eating the dang donut or whatever food, you know, fill in the blank yeah. for you. So yeah, I, I agree. I with know. That.
2: I agree. And yeah, since like I'm without those like shoulds and rules and all that anxiety and stress, like I'm healthier than I've ever been. Like my labs, when I, was like really struggling with food. My lab results were like so messed up. My estrogen was like zero. All my hormones were way out of whack. There were like all these issues. The doctor wanted to put me on all these like supplements and all this crazy stuff. My hair was like really thin and would like fall out really like Felt awful. And now my health is so much better. And the funny thing is like, not only do I eat so much more than I used to, but I'm also eating so much more of the foods that our society would seem quote, bad. Like, I eat Mexican all the time because in mm. Texas, it's Yum. literally mm. so, like, it is so good here. And when I was, like, struggling with my relationship with food, like, I wouldn't eat Mexican because I'm like, oh my God, too many calories can make me bad. Like, now I eat it, a, an abundance of it, uh-huh. and, like, whatever foods I want. And, like, that doesn't mean I don't eat, like, salads and vegetables and other things. I love those things too. But have, being able to eat all of those things in the amounts that I want, in the amounts that feel good in my body like I am so so much healthier like my I've been back to the doctor probably like six months ago since I've like healed my relationship with food and I literally have zero issues in all of my results like all my hormones are Mm balanced and like I just feel so much better so it just
0: shows how powerful stress is yes
1: yes (laughs) oh my gosh it's really powerful
0: powerful. and people underestimate it all the time. So Mm.
1: I know people, I think people think everything is so black and white, like what you eat a hundred percent equals your lab values. And if you don't exercise X amount of times per, per week, and you don't eat all of these things, um, and follow this meal plan strictly, your labs will not be perfect. And my, experiences similar to yours I was a vegetarian not really because I just thought it was you know healthier and my labs were all out of whack like my cholesterol was high for the first time in my life and then I started eating eggs and bacon every morning and started eating meat again and I felt better I felt more fulfilled I felt more full I felt more satisfied and all of a sudden my labs were perfect like Even I just got my labs drawn for life insurance and they're like, you're in the top tier for health based on your labs. Like you're perfect, you know, considering like, not quote you know unquote quote unquote perfect for your labs but it's like yeah i eat candy i eat chocolate i eat everything like you right. name it i eat it Nothing but i love fruits less. and vegetables too yeah so Except it's just for dairy for you right now <laughs> yeah i'm nursing <laughs> and my son might have a dairy allergy so milk is cut out currently <laughs> i'm very depressed about it You're
0: intuitive eating on his behalf <laughs> i am
1: intuitive eating on his behalf it's only gonna last two more weeks though so oh, good
0: and well, then here's the funny thing
2: better. yeah yeah, he actually might grow out of it because I was allergic to dairy growing up and then grew out of it when I turned like five. So there's oh, hope.
0: Cool.
1: There's <laughs> a- well, I'm going to be breastfeeding him a lot longer. So I hope it's not. I hope it's, just really I hope it's not. Yeah, he had blood in his stool. So we're hoping it's not milk, but
0: we will see. <laughs> it's fun stuff. But that's, I mean, we've answered this in another episode too, is intuitive eating around chronic disease. So go back and listen to our Q&A episode if you want to hear more about that. Um, But I did want to talk too about the food police. Um, I find, and we kind of already touched on this, but I find the food police to come out strongly when people are hearing about intuitive eating for the first time. And they're like, I would just eat whatever I wanted. I would never stop. I would eat 17 bags of chips and I blah, 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 blah. And it's so funny to me when you see people actually going through this journey and let alone my own, it's like. I seriously used to say things like, I can't keep chips in the house. That's something I used to say. That was a sentence. I can't keep chips in the house. First of all, I'm a freaking adult, so I can do whatever I want. (laughs)
1: do what I want. I buy the groceries. I buy the groceries. I can do that. <laughs> Costco size bag of chips. Oh, Alyssa yes. loves Costco.
0: I love Costco and I love chips. I mean, chips are probably my like over sweets, over everything else. I love chips. So I used to think I couldn't have them in the house because I would just devour them. If they had them in my house, I would just devour them. Well, what I was doing was I was creating this food rule mm-hmm. for myself that said I can't have chips in the house because I would just binge on it and I would eat them nonstop. A so what if I did? So what if I did binge? And I think that's important for people to just sit in that and be like, okay, when I do binge, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Yeah. I may have diarrhea, diarrhea, (laughs) (laughs) stomachache, you know, it's like bloating.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And what am I making this mean about me?
0: Like, right. It
2: actually doesn't have to mean that much. And it doesn't have to mean that you're going to do that the rest of your life. Like you can Mm -hmm. choose like it doesn't have to take, you know, a thousand years to like release those behaviors. Like that can be a choice that you make in an instant that you're going to honor your hunger, you know?
0: Right. And one of the, so according to my own food rule, I couldn't keep chips in the house, so I wouldn't buy chips. So that anytime chips came into my house, whether it was someone brought them over or I don't know what, I'm over at go else's to house. out to Mexican oh, food. go out to Mexican Free food. Free chips. I would. <laughs> yeah. I would binge on these chips. I would eat them in insane amounts. I would eat all of them. I was worried that they were going to run out or whatever, and I would eat them all. And so now, once I started giving my myself permission to buy chips. I buy chips and I actually started out in the beginning of this journey abundantly buying chips and I would, you know, either binge them or eat through them quickly or eat them all myself. And eventually you, this pendulum swings and it does swing and people are so afraid of this pendulum, but it totally swings to the point where right now in my pantry, I have eight bags of chips. I counted them yesterday. Eight bags of chips. Are (laughs) Cheetos in there? no cheetos oh, okay well you should have brought me oh, some if you had some cheetos. yes <laughs> darn no cheetos but i have eight bags of chips wait sitting i can't in... have
1: i can't have cheetos right now is that real dairy
0: It counts as <laughs> really? milk dang oh, it i was gonna say it doesn't feel like real dairy <laughs> um but i've eight bags of chips sitting in my pantry opened and just like closed for right now and I just don't want them. And they just sit there. And some of them, I literally am going to have to throw away because they've just been sitting in there for so long. So for people who don't think that they can control them themselves around certain foods, I promise you start giving yourself unconditional permission to eat that food and even in abundance and it, the pendulum will swing. And all of a sudden you'll have eight bags of chips. You don't know what to do. And with. then you're
1: like, I'm sick of chips. I just ate them every day for the last two weeks. I'm sick of them. And exactly. when we start telling ourselves that things are off limits we want them more mm-hmm. like how often in life does somebody tell you that you can't have something and you mm-hmm. want it more
0: wet i mean paint. everything i touch wet paint anytime <laughs> i see a sign that says wet paint don't touch i'm like, all over but it wall. might be dry let's but- check it out <laughs> i wonder how long ago they painted it let me just touch it and see it's the worst i literally touched the liberty bell we talked about this the last time we out. i touched the liberty bell cuz there's a huge sign that says don't touch the liberty bell <laughs> And honest confession I licked it. <laughs> oh gross. <laughs> I was in 8th grade you guys and it told me not to touch it so I licked it cuz yeah. that's not touching. I don't know. I was an 8th grader. I was ridiculous. But this is like human nature, right? I'm not alone. When someone tells me not to touch something, not to eat something, not to do something, I immediately want to do it over and over and over again. The so. temptation is just there. Exactly. And we are not good with temptation. Read no. the Bible. As a human <laughs> as a human race, we are not good at it. So, yeah,
2: anyways. and But it can help too, like, not just with the, not just having unconditional permission, but also pairing an intention with that and the intention of feeling good above all else. And that paired with the unconditional permission, you're going to eat everything in the house. You're not because you have that intention. You've also given yourself permission and you know, food's going to be allowed. So it's going to lose power over you. And like eating intuitively doesn't mean that, taking care of your body just like flies out the window. Like you yes. can do both. Like we're mm-hmm. living this world where we're constantly told like, it's a still black white. right? Like you can have this, you can have that, but you can't have both. But why can't you eat what you want and take into account how it makes you feel physically? And why can't you eat foods that are tasty and nourishing? And like, it's not really a matter of, am I, am I going to eat healthier? Am I not? It's a matter of like where you're focusing your attention. And are you focusing all your attention on, Depriving yourself because you feel guilty and ashamed? Or are you focusing on like having that intention of truly feeling good and honoring your body? And when you focus on that, you can eat what you want and take into account what will make you feel physically good. Like you're allowed to do both.
1: That's amazing. Um, what would you say about having so let's say you have some friends or family members or somebody who is like rather intense with being food police, would you recommend that you just push them out of your life or talk to them? Or like, what would be your recommendations? Because sometimes it's a friend that you don't really care about and you can kind of get them, get them out of your life. But what if there is somebody who's been very negative about being food police in your life? Like, how would you recommend um, to deal with them?
2: so tricky because I think it's specific to the situation and to your relationship to that person so again like listen to your intuition only you know what's best for you and again also experiment you have to try different things out and see what works um a couple things that I found that work for me is one just having that awareness like we were talking about earlier that it's really has nothing to do with us. And it's just a projection of their own struggles and choosing to see it as a good thing and an opportunity for us to have clarity on what we need to heal in our own beliefs and in our own relationship with Food Next. I think that's the most important thing is really focusing on what can I do inside myself? Because it's like, it's the same thing as when we try to control other people's comments. It's just like, we're trying to control food. It was trying to control all these things outside of ourselves, but all we can really control is like what's going on on the inside. So I'd say that's the first thing. Um, In some cases, depending on who it is, like you were saying, you can completely disengage. You can unfriend them. You can not talk to them. You can ghost them if you want to. Like, you are allowed to do whatever you want to do. I'm not saying you should do that, but you can. You have the choices. Or maybe just in, like, a certain scenario, you disengaged, right? Like, so maybe you don't cut them out of your life. But maybe if you're at dinner with your friends and they're going on on and on about their Diet, you can like disengage or be like, oh, I have to run to the bathroom or I have to go take a phone call outside and like remove yourself from the situation if that's what you need. Again, you're the only one um, who knows. Another thing, and stop me if you guys have anything to add. I'm just going to go on with a couple yeah, different good. ways. That, okay. Um, and the, another thing too that I like, and this is more like woo woo and out there, but I'm all about that stuff. So I'm going to go for it um, just visualizing. And one way you can do that is like, imagine you like have this bubble around you and it can be like whatever color you want, whatever happy color feels good to you. And imagine that like only like good energy and feel good things can come into your bubble and only good things can go out and negative things literally cannot get in your bubble. And when you, it sounds weird, but it actually really works. Like when you're like sitting there and you're feeling like, oh my gosh, all these comments are like coming at me and they feel terrible just imagine that bubble and like it can just kind of like separate you can like start separating yourself from those Comment. So um, that can be helpful. You can
0: change. I am a big fan of visualization. I love (laughs) it. I think that's so important. It's really, it's so helpful. It does. I agree with you. I think it's like sometimes it can sound woo woo, (laughs) but it works so well. I mean, really, truly works really well. So I challenge you guys if you thought that sounded weird, I challenge you guys to try it. And it it can be anything in your life, but I'm a huge fan of visualization.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it also just like, let's even say visualizing doesn't work at least it created some sort of pause before a reaction which like that's yeah, a benefit that. so like it's a win-win um another thing you can do is just change the subject like literally ask them about anything else like oh how's your job how's your family like anything else besides of your body and then the last thing I would say is again depending on the person because setting boundaries doesn't work with everyone because you can't control people remember um but at the same time to protect your own healing and your own journey sometimes it is important to set boundaries with the people that you um love and so you know you could say things like I was talking to one of my clients recently and she was going into Thanksgiving kind of worried about the comments and what am I going to say back to it I want to be prepared with what I want to say and so we talked through it and what we came up for her was that if someone said, like, oh, you look like you've gained weight or commented on her weight, what she would say in response, and what you guys could say is, um, I don't know, I don't get on the scale anymore. It's not important to me. When it was, I felt really bad about myself. And I'm feeling much better now that I don't focus on my weight. I got really tired of letting numbers control my life. And it's ma- amazing for me to know I have more to offer than my body size. I guarantee I like if you yeah. say that, like, yeah, it will shut it down. Um, Yes. And And it makes,
0: it makes them stop kind of what we talking about before. It's like, it makes them stop in their tracks because like you said, they're just projecting what they're struggling with. So it's like, if they see someone else respond that way, likely they're going to, if they don't think about it in the moment over time, that's going to mull around in their head and go, I want to be able to answer that way. I want to not care about the scale that sounds so liberating and really be interested in that and either come back to you to find out where to go to find help or research it on their own you know so I think that's really important and kind of what Brooke was saying like lead by example like this is the life I'm gonna live and I don't care how you live your life I'm not gonna try to run around and tell you what to do but this is how I'm gonna live my life and just by having other people view you and say she's so confident she's so sure of herself she's so you know, decisive about food or decisive about the way that she looks or the way that she wears her clothes or anything like that. I want that. How can I get that? And I think that's, you know, a really important way to spread the message mm-hmm. across the world of screwing diet culture oh, and rioting yes. against diet culture.
1: <laughs> yeah. I oh, think yeah. that we can be the best examples, you know, and by like lifting other women up, especially, um, and just, yeah, showing people like it's okay to be in whatever size body we are and still be confident and happy and still care about our health and like do all of those things. I loved what you said about like the intention behind it because, you're so right like if our intention is to live healthy live a long healthy lifestyle and we do care about our labs and we do care about these things but those will just kind of fall into place if we just listen to our body because Mm -hmm. yeah some foods are gonna taste amazing but 20 minutes later we're in the bathroom and that's not worth it you know Mm -hmm. and not always sometimes it is (laughs) but yeah it's it's just it's so wonderful what you said about the intention and I love what you said too about like reframing things and I think that that's such a good takeaway from this interview is just reframing things and so if somebody tells you something how can you reframe that question into a positive or how can you reframe that question into something that you can now work on in a positive way.
0: And rewiring your thoughts, kind of bringing it back to the beginning, what you said about like how you had to rewire the way you thought. So I think like we talked a little bit about when other people are policing what you're doing with your body or with food, but when you're the one policing yourself harder than anyone else, it is about rewiring that thought process. So when something triggers you or sparks something, you know, someone puts a piece of cake in front of you at a birthday party or something, what you thought about that cake as soon as it set down. So whatever that thought that popped into your head, catching it and just sitting with it and observing, what did I just think? What what did I just feel? And knowing that your thoughts are not facts. Like your thoughts about how you can behave around that cake, is not truly what your body is capable of. And so actually just observing it and kind of like you said look at it like a science experiment. Like, okay, what do I think when I'm when I'm given a sweet treat or something, you know, that I don't normally let myself eat? What do I think? Where does that come from? Why am I letting myself think that way? And honestly, throwing that outside your bubble and being like, I don't need to think that way anymore about myself or about this food or about this environment. I don't have to think that way, and I can actually rewire my thoughts. So if someone presents you with cake or whatever your food might be, and you say, oh, I can't be trusted around this food, stop, sit in that, hear what you just said in your head or maybe even out loud, and think to yourself, why do I think I can't be trusted? When have I ever not been able to trust my body? And actually sit in it and just realize and observe what that thought process was, and maybe instead putting something in place and so this might be really helpful to work with somebody about what affirmations you can have in your back pocket so that when a food thought a negative food po- food thought comes into your head what can i replace it with so for example if you say i'm out of control around cake maybe instead say i'm working really hard on my journey of food freedom i'm really happy with my progress of not stepping on the scale this week or whatever your successes are or affirmations are towards yourself and your body to show yourself compassion and self-love and, and with body respect, I think is really important to put in place of that negative food thought, because if we just say we're not going to have negative food thoughts, but not have an action plan of how to handle them when they come up there's, I, there's no way any of us, whether we're intuitive eaters or not, don't have thoughts when we're, you know, surrounded by cake or food or, or just experiment, things are going to come into our brains. So we need a game plan of how to deal with those negative thoughts. Do you have any suggestions of how to handle your own thoughts inside your own brain kind of in that situation?
2: Yeah, I love what you said about the affirmations and how you added like I am really I am working really hard on
0: my journey to food freedom
2: because I think a lot of people when they hear affirmation they think like okay my affirmation is that I am a perfect intuitive eater well that doesn't that doesn't sound believable so like your Mm -hmm. brain is immediately going to dismiss it it's not going to work so what if instead it's like I am on the way to being um comfortable in my body i am working on like like we said about i am working on my journey to food freedom i am in the Mm -hmm. process of having food freedom just like softening it and making it a little more believable i think that's something that can help with affirmation specifically but otherwise i think the most um the biggest thing for me has been like asking myself better questions because our brains are like literally just wired to seek answers to any questions we ask ourselves. So if we're sitting around being like, what's wrong with me? Why did I do that? Our brain is literally going to go searching for what is wrong with you. And you can imagine what it's going to come up with. Like Mm -hmm. it's not going to make you feel good. But if instead you ask yourself, well, what might this be trying to teach me? Is there another way I can see this? What am I making this mean about me? And is there a more empowering way to see this? is that possible you know and just ask yourself those questions then your brain will start going and looking for those more empowering answers and that shift can happen like in an instant after you ask that question and come back to that intention of yeah is does this feel good is this empowering and if no you have the choice and the power to opt out of whatever it is that's making you feel bad about yourself
0: I love that because it's like working with your brain power and like we so often, especially in diet culture, um, are expected to work against our own brain or work against our own body, bodily, like (laughs) intuitions, like our body's going to force us to binge on food if we've deprived our body of food for 24 hours or whatever. So it's like, I love that you're basically saying like, ride that wave, go with your brain. And instead of questioning something that your brain's going to find a negative answer for, Go ahead and use that question and, and word it just right because your brain is going to work in that same direction of how to get it to a more yeah. positive space. I love that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, many times people are telling so, you to ignore your body.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And our brains are so powerful. And like you said, yeah, we can work with them or against them. And when we work with them, it just can like catapult us so much more quicker into becoming an intuitive eater and having food freedom and all the other things you want in your life like this is not just about food like these strategies can apply to having that level of freedom and confidence in all areas of your life and that's when it becomes like really really cool is doing this stuff is like for me my journey with intuitive eating like didn't just change things for me with food like it changed everything in my life it changed my relationships it changed my career it changed how I feel about everything in my life and it's like it's really, really powerful. And I feel like I'm like, continuing to get like, amplified benefits like every day, like it just keeps getting um, better. So that's, that's something to look forward to. Um, That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, can we just think about how
0: amazing that is that like, we talked about this with another guest that was on, but it's like the intuitive eating actually builds momentum throughout our life. So like it starts with these little tiny thoughts we're thinking and talking about right now, but it builds into so much more where then you give yourself so much credibility and you trust your body so much that you can be more decisive about things that don't even have to do with food, you know, because you know your body and what you need and you respect it and honor it. And you have that trusting relationship with your body and your brain and, oh, it's so amazing how many things it can change in your life. So I yeah. Love
1: yeah. That. Yeah. It's amazing yeah, when it changes relationships and people notice and like your loved ones are like, wow, you just are glowing, not like physically, but just like you, just your energy is better. Mm-hmm. And like that confidence and, and-, and you're a better friend and a, a better wife and a better mom. And like when you become a better person on the, you know, inside and outside, it's just, it's incredible. Just that other people get to experience that. Like you're not the only one benefiting from that. Like if you are becoming a better wife or mom or friend or sister or daughter, I mean, it's just, you're impacting other people in a positive way. Yeah. And it gives yeah. you like
0: that space, like you said, where food thoughts were controlling your life. It, without those, you can actually be present, you know, yeah. with those people. And you can focus on other things. Uh, that's
2: yeah, the goal. And otherwise, mm-hmm. otherwise like you just, don't have like the capacity and the mental space and the energy to like give those people the best version of you and like what might change if you did you know and like for me with my relationship with my boyfriend is like so different now and so much better and I actually asked him a few months ago I think it was I was like I wanted to like put this on an Instagram post and I was like what was it like before i changed my relationship with food dating me and like what is it like now and just like had him like list all the ways and it was like just like so powerful to realize like he would say like um i whenever i used to walk around eggshells around you and it was like terrible to go out to eat with you and you would always send your food back because you would find something wrong with it and like just all this stuff and he's like and now like we can have fun together. Like literally that's what he wow. said. Like, now we can have fun together. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, first of all, sorry. I'm
1: so surprised. He's amazing for yeah, sticking around through all that. <laughs> I know. Right.
2: I know. He, he really is amazing. And so, yeah, our relationship is so different now. And like, I'm so proud that I can be a better person for him because I love him and I want to be that version of me. And it's cool that we can work two together. Like, to continue growing into the best versions of ourselves. Not because you're not already worthy as you are, but because you want to see what's possible for you.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. And it's so cool that you figured that out before you had kids because kids <laughs> will just take up, the, they will take up so much of your mental health or like mental space. And also um, so <laughs> and your mental but they take up so much of your time and energy and space and yeah. that like I can't imagine dealing with like food thoughts and that kind of stuff right now because it's like you don't have time and energy so it's amazing when people can figure it out before they have kids because mm-hmm. it, that just adds on so much stress and anxiety yeah,
2: yeah. Okay. and now I'm like I'm so excited like for when I do have kids to be able to like give them so much autonomy in their eating and give them choice and mm-hmm. them- yes. I saw um I don't know if you guys know emily fawn is back on instagram she said the other day her her daughter um she asked her daughter oh do you want to eat like this food and her daughter said i don't know let me check in with my tummy and see how it feels like oh cute i thought that was like so cute and so amazing and so it is so exciting to know that like i'm gonna be able to do that um, with my kids also scary as hell like knowing <laughs> the yes. diet culture um, that we live in but also knowing that we can like radiate and be an example of what's possible for the people in our lives so
0: yeah and leading by such a good example especially like just as a friend or a daughter or a, but especially like as a mom you know you have so much influence over your kids and i deal with a lot on the other side of my business um, i deal with a lot of parents who are already 4 or 5 10 years into being a parent and to start moving backwards with their kids where they didn't give them the choice they didn't give them options they told them certain foods were bad to avoid this kind of cheese only use this kind of cheese i mean literally the the direct messages i get about it are really hard to read. You know, I had, I had this one mom message me and she was telling me she was in tears. And she was like, I, I have told my daughter she's not allowed to eat cheese because she's chubby. And she literally, I know. And it's so so bad. And she wants to change. And so she's asking me, how do I start working backwards? And it's, it's a hard road, you guys, it's a really hard road, Long road too. but do it yeah. now, like do it now with your kids and do it now for yourself so that you can, once you have children or if you're going to have children, you can teach them from the beginning. Cause it's so much easier when you're introducing solids mm-hmm. to a baby, yes, <laughs> to teach it them is. to um, be autonomous with their body. than when they're, you know, 10 or 12 years old and they've been told, you know, that you're or they're already or... 12 and dieting. I right. mean, how many exactly. daughters for sure? Yeah.
1: are out there. So anyways, but yeah, well, one
2: more thing on that. Oh sorry. yeah.
1: Go ahead. oh, no, I was gonna say, do you have any last thoughts that you want to talk <laughs> so about? So go for it.
2: <laughs> um, well, the thing I was gonna add to that is that it's such a powerful motivator. If you do have kids and you are struggling in your relationship with food, like instead of beating yourself up for not being the example you want to be, what if you instead viewed it as like, how cool is it that I have this opportunity? now to step into a better version of myself for my kids or for my family or for Mm -hmm. whoever it is so Mm -hmm. um that was that um in terms of anything else to add um I would just say if you are struggling with thinking about and worrying about food in your body all the time know that it doesn't have to be that way forever even if you feel like you've tried everything even if you don't know where to get started that's why all three of us are here I'm sure Um, so reach out to us and know that like help is available and like I think the biggest thing for me is that I realized was like I did this journey all by myself like I didn't have at the time now I have coaches because I like such a huge proponent of having coaches but at the time I didn't have coaches I didn't have anyone in my life who had done this I read the book Intuitive Eating and that's all I had and like I made it it was so much harder than it needs to be so much more struggle It took so much more time I made so many more mistakes than I needed to and I wish I would have like had the courage to reach out to someone who had already been through this who could guide me and lead me in the right direction and support me and be there for me and challenge my um, thoughts so I would just ask you like if you are struggling know that you don't have to do this alone and there is support and I know all um, three of us, I'm sure, would be happy, happy to help you.
0: Right. I was just going to say that. How happy would we be to take someone who's just starting this like idea or just having this like maybe they just listened to this episode of the podcast, but they're not really sure about it. Like we would all be so thrilled if someone reached out to us to find out more about it. You know, like please reach out to anyone you know um, or us or whatnot. But yeah, let people know where they can find you. Um, your blog, which I love, or, you know, your coaching program you talked about, let them know where they can find you on social and everything like that.
2: Yeah. So my website is sunnytimes.com and it's times like the herb. So it's T H Y M E S. And then on Instagram, I'm at sunny times blog. And if you go to my website, you can, um, download my free three-step guide. It's a great place to help you just get started with food and body freedom. You also can book a discovery call with me. If you want to chat with me and talk about your goals and maybe what's in the way of achieving them and figure out if I can be the person to help you with them. Um, also, in terms of my program, the doors are actually opening again January 9th. I don't know when this episode is going to go live, um, but that's another option too. And basically in that program, it's a group coaching program kind of like fused with like an online course element. So you're getting and coaching and workbooks and all the things. But basically, it's, I'm just teaching my system that has worked in my life and all my clients life to permanently end their struggle with food that so they can is eat in a balanced way without guilt and without anxiety and have the mental space and the energy for the things that they actually care about. So if that's something you're interested in, you can get on the wait list. Um, the easiest way to do that is then by me spelling out the whole link is just uh, message me on Instagram. And of course, um, I would love to hear from you guys, hear what your thoughts are on this episode, hear how we can help you. So don't hesitate to um, send me a message on Instagram if you guys want to chat.
0: Awesome. And we'll have all her information linked down the show notes as well.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for taking time out and talking to us. I love talking to guests because I feel like we always learn something fun. Yes, Like the way that you talked about reframing things and
0: yeah, yeah, it was good. It's so good. And your blog name's adorable, by the way. I I love it. it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) So um, it's definitely Uh, memorable. Yeah. I I, like
1: stumbled upon your blog a year a while ago. Yeah. I can't remember how long ago, but I was like, Oh, this is really good. I like yeah. this. It's yeah.
0: Instagram's oh, a cool world you. to
1: find people. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. It
2: is. Yeah. And we um we don't want to go down the rabbit hole of social media, but like mm-hmm. you can find people who empower you and make you feel good on social media and it doesn't have to be a black hole of negativity. Yes. Um, but anyways. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was like so fun. I feel like this is such a powerful message. So I'm super excited to be part of it and share it with your people. Awesome. Thank you so
0: much, Madison. It's good to meet you. And we will chat later, I'm sure, on a future episode. Bye. 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 All right, guys, that was Madison from Sunny Times Blog. I, I love her. I know that was awesome. That was a really good conversation. Uh-huh. We hope you guys liked it as much as you as much as we did as much as you did. We <laughs> hope you liked it as much as you did. Anyways, um, thank you guys so much for listening. Let us know if you have any questions or concerns. Email us hello at dietriotpodcast.com. com or or on Instagram <laughs> at diet.riot.podcast. Um, and then don't forget about our giveaways. So we're still doing a giveaway of the Intuitive Eating Book, Health at Every Size Book, Diet Riot Merchandise, and Amazon gift card, and FitSnack Snacks. Um, if you go back and listen to our FitSnack episode, we interview the founder um on that as well so please enter our giveaway basically you just need to rate and review this podcast write a written review and then you can also share it on your social media and you'll get an extra entry just make sure to tag us so we can see it and you can't be a private account and learn that this week so oh, okay. if you tag us and we're not following you or you're not following us or whatnot on your private account we can't see it
1: yeah and then um gosh what was I gonna say oh if we um, like your review, a.k.a. if you write a written review, we're going to start reading them at the end of episodes. Yes, you
0: could be featured, So,
1: guys, guys if you want to be featured, have a really funny name.
0: Yes, definitely. Like,
1: do something, like, inappropriate. Or food <laughs> puns. Yeah, oh,
0: do a food pun. and I have different yeah. sets of humor. <laughs> yes. Inappropriate food puns will definitely be written. Or red, it red. can
1: be... Um, like a name from like the office or friends (laughs) yeah
0: if you guys know us well cheetos do well coffee anyways um so yeah write a written review share us with your friends you guys if you think this can be helpful to anybody or if anyone has an awkward food comment with you and you don't know what to do just say listen to diet ride podcast bye (laughs) and then run away all right um yeah we'll see you next week with a brand new episode and I think
1: that's it. Do you know what I'm going to start doing? I'm going to start taking people's phones and then um, <laughs> subscribing to the podcast. And then they're going to be like, I keep my phone keeps telling me I need to listen to this Our really new cool marketing podcast. strategy.
0: <laughs> Stealing people's phones. It's so like the gym locker room. Yeah. Ladies go to work out and you're like, yeah. I, no, I'm gonna, I just be like,
1: oh, can I borrow your phone quick? I gotta make a call and then oh, just kidding, they didn't answer.
0: Oh my gosh. New marketing strategy. Well, we should Okay, clearly... we need to go. I need to pee. Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, Bye. See okay. you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.